What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raised Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk Peacemaker. On this week's show, we are going to dive into the first four episodes of Peacemaker, and we're going to share our thoughts on the Moon Knight trailer and what we've been geeking out on this week. But first, as always, by we, I mean Chris. And uh, let's go... And we are back. Thank you all, one and all, for coming out and checking out the newest episode of Raised a Geek. I am Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I'm doing all right. Everything is okay, as usual. No complaints. That's a good thing. Just uh, sitting here on our regular Saturday, ready to record, ready to have some fun here, talking about some new stuff. Uh, I am excited. Going to watch some football today. Get some NFL on a Saturday. That's exciting, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Playoff football on a Saturday and a Sunday. I like it. Yeah, man. I'm 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 ready for it. Place my bets. I'm a, become a degenerate gambler now. Uh, yeah, but you lost so last bad. week when you did that. The Arizona let you down, didn't they? Yeah, man. I put a I put a bet on all six games, and it was a parlay. So they all six had to come through. Pick the winners. Picked all five correctly the first five games and that sixth game my stupid brain said man just take arizona it pays a little more arizona can win right arizona did not win and uh you know luckily it was only a ten dollar bet i'm not uh crazy i'm not gonna blow my life savings out here on picking football games but uh yeah that would have been a nice little <laughs> nice little win but yeah, didn't happen a little bit of extra money but you know you said you have no complaints but that's not quite true because yesterday i heard you complain that you can't find any hot dogs in the suburbs <laughs> it's true i did mention that i don't know what got me thinking about hot dogs i think sometimes you fall down a link hole and it was like best hot dogs in chicago and i was reading i was like oh man i remember that i mean for those who don't know i used to live in the city for uh, a long time until we finally moved out here to the burbs and it's like man can't get any good hot dogs a good chicago hot dog for those who don't know um <clears throat> onions relish mustard just I don't know why it's so good. Um, the pickle spear, the poppy seed bun. Yeah, poppy seed bun, celery salt. I don't do the pickle spear. I'm not a pickle guy. It's weird. I like pickle flavors, but not pickles. Is that strange? I also yeah. like ketchup, but not <laughs> tomatoes. It's very weird in that way. Um, but yeah, man, now you got me thinking about hot dogs. Thanks, buddy. You had me thinking about hot dogs all, all night when you're talking about it. And I can find a Chicago dog down here, but it's going to cost me like eight bucks, which is Ugh. ridiculous for a hot dog. And it's still not quite the same. Something about the bread or something's missing. So it's just not the same. And I'm paying eight bucks for it. Well, here's Chicago is mainly ask anybody. It's hot dogs and pizza for us even though there's a debate we've yeah. talked about it before that deep dish is not it it's tavern oh, okay. style yeah but um so those are like chicago standards for food what is the texas thing when someone's like i'm going to san antonio what would you say dude you gotta go try blank well it's hard for me because i don't really know uh yeah. i'm always looking for chicago things um i think the majority is barbecue 
that's what I was, that's what I was going more brisket, brisket, Southern is, brisket. Yeah, it's yeah. like where you have barbecue with like St. Louis and Kansas city and Tennessee, but they're very saucy where we're more uh, like the rub. So they, sure. it's more like brisket and stuff where they're dealing with a little bit more like barbecue ribs um, up yeah. in St. Louis and stuff. So it's a different, a little bit different kind of barbecue, but usually it's, everybody wants to go to Bill Miller and get some barbecue and, which I always found right. interesting that you guys have a friend up there named Bill Miller and we have Bill Miller <laughs> restaurants down here. Thought that every was time you, every time you see it, like a Bill Miller's Bill Miller has his own restaurant chain, but it's a different dude. So that's next crazy. time I'll, I'll, I see that guy. I'll have to ask him if he uh, is aware of Bill Miller's famous barbecue in Texas. It's a common name. So he's probably uh, has heard that one before. Yeah, sure. There's also a Bill Miller chicken shack in Kentucky. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. So Don, last week we were talking about our anticipation for the Moon Knight trailer, which premiered a couple of days after we recorded. Um, so I'm sure at this point, everyone's seen it. It has millions of views within minutes, which I would love to have millions of views in minutes or listens. Mm. So make sure you guys share this around. But what did you feel? Moon Knight, you down? You in? It comes out March 30th on Disney+. Plus think it's yes uh, let me know what people are saying about it as you're a little bit more tuned in with the masses than i am yeah we talked about it a little bit last week uh anticipating its release and like you said it did release then the following monday i think yeah um yeah man i so i've watched it then and i watched it again since then i i'm i'm hyped for that show i'm very hyped i'm excited about it uh it looks pretty cool to me it looks like an, a nice departure i think from kind of what marvel's been doing lately a little more lighthearted, fun rompy stuff um especially with the last thing we got hawkeye this looks a little more uh gritty dark and i'm, I'm excited to get into moon knight and see what his adaptation is going to be like um he's a character that a lot of people know by name but don't know too much about and it seems like the show is capturing what he is about pretty well mm -hmm. you know with his um dissociative dissociative personality disorder and and um kind of being a, a character who operates at night um gaining his powers from the egyptian god conchu looks like that's definitely what they're going for you even yep. got a little view a view of conchu i think in that trailer when he was mm -hmm. like coming after him was like oh man that looks really cool um and you know oscar isaac just looks like he's gonna kill it of course. so I, I can't be anything but excited from what I've seen. I can't, you know, March 30th can't get here quickly enough because I'm 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 really interested to see what they're going to do. How about you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks it's still it looks different than a normal, typical Marvel show. But at the same time, you could still see the Marvel influence. You could still see the little jokes. You could still know it's going to be lighthearted. It's not going to be like I don't think it's going to be that big of a departure from what we're used to. But because of the subject matter you have to be a little bit darker so i think this is probably going to skew a little bit more towards wandavision where it's mm. going to be because wandavision ultimately was a little bit more of a darker show it touched on a little bit more serious you know with grief and you know i mean it wasn't like a romp like hawkeye was so yeah. i imagine that this one will probably fall at maybe a little darker than that but probably not much more um just because that's the marvel way but or as the ESPN commentator called it, Marvel, Marvel's way. Um, Marvel Studios, Moon Knight. We were like, what the hell? What, what's wrong with this dude? <laughs> you work for Disney, ESPN. Right. <laughs> that was that was weird. Yeah, one hundred percent weird. But anyway, weird sidebar. But 
the um but yeah super excited i mean the idea of uh someone with multiple personalities uh dissociative identity disorder and uh being all of a sudden a superpower and doing things with those powers that he's not aware of is very interesting just idea and mm -hmm. we don't get we see superheroes now all the time whether they're marvel dc or just made for a film or independence so seeing this different take on you know a, someone with superpowers is very interesting definitely definitely and we can't we'd be remiss not to mention like how cool the damn costume looks that we saw oh yeah just some little clips man they killed it there yeah moon knight looks super cool in the comic books with his yeah. like dark you know hooded white thing and they totally just captured that thing perfectly made it look great i can't wait to see that in action um yeah, and Marvel, Marvel spares Marvel spares no expense even on these shows. So I'm really excited to see him moving around in that. That'd be really cool, man. Yeah. What do they say? They still drop like 20 million per episode on these things. Right. Right. Somewhere they, in they, there for Hawkeye. I think they were saying it was like 20 or 25 million an episode for Hawkeye. So they definitely yeah. aren't worried about it's, spending money. No, it's definitely just an extension of the movie studio putting these shows. So um, we can definitely feel assured that that's not going to be an issue so yeah totally excited man ready ready for it now i know we got a lot to talk about today because we want to dive into peacemaker but there's one other thing that came out this week and i'm going to make sure that we don't go this long but the batman <laughs> is going to be three hours long don it is three hours for the batman that's, that's a long time to be sitting <laughs> it is and you know what you <laughs> You're going to have to go into that movie with a plan with some kind of bathroom plan because I can't, I don't think I can go that long. Well, it's uh, called, I won't drink anything until after the I movie. Mean, even so it's like three hours is just on my natural body's clock of using the bathroom once every three hours. Yeah. Because you know, it's uh, like three and a half hours because for sure. Cause because you got to sit you through have 15 minutes of trailers. You're right. You can try to time it, but you don't want to miss the beginning. So you still end up there earlier than you plan. And then, you know, we're yeah. probably going to sit there for the whole credits just because you never know what's going to be. Because everything has a everything has a post credit scene now. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to yeah. sit there for all the credits just to see it. So we're going to be sitting there for like three and a half hours. That's the thing, man. Like, what was what was Zack Snyder's Justice League like for something? And I had to split that thing up into three viewings. See, I know he, it's different when you're going to the theater. Breaks. Cause he broke that right. down into six chapters and did like yeah. a chapter and chapter. So you'd be like, ah, oh, this looks like a good place to stop it. Yeah. Give me an intermission. I'd be down. Yeah. I don't know. I, it honestly, when I'm in the theater and if I'm into it, it probably won't bother me. I mean, how long was Spider-Man like two and a half, yeah. all these movies are getting pushing two and a half now. Yeah. So 30 minutes more, it's a little longer, but I, if I'm into it, I'm sure I won't even notice, but the the just hearing it out loud three hours is like sounds daunting and sounds like why 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 so why? long yeah why just why and can't it, we have two hour movies anymore we I keep know. questioning but kills, uh, me. kills yeah. me i love my 90 <laughs> minutes man give me a good 90 minute story nice and tight um and it, i mean realistically like you said it comes down to matt reeves the director and what kind of movie they put together and if they can keep that pace going for three hours and make it feel like a 90 minute movie hey more power to it then it's going to be have a lot you know of depth but if this thing feels like three hours that is just not gonna if there's a any kind of pacing issues with this movie the longer it is the more it becomes obvious and it yeah. just kind of becomes a flaw in the movie so it's just 
you know, and then my other thing just comes down to, I wish they'd let me rent this for 20 bucks so I could watch it here. <laughs> true. True. Um, but that's, you know, new world problems. Let's be glad also that theater um, going experiences have evolved over the past couple of years. I mean, they, most theaters now have like nice, comfortable recliner seats that are more tolerable. Like imagine watching a three hour movie in those old rickety, just fold down theater seats where your butt starts hurting after an hour and you're adjusting every yeah. five minutes. Like I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like, yeah. nope, can't sit in one of these for three hours. Nowadays we get to pick our own seats. Usually we can, it's reserved seating. So we don't have to, yeah. I mean, you remember when we used to have to wait in line and run in the theater and try to get a good spot. I don't want to sit in front. Yeah. That was I crazy. That was like, front. now I can look and see how this, I could pick my seats. So, I mean, if I can't pick my seats anymore, I'm not going to the movies. Yeah, dude, that, that time period was like Lord of the Flies, every man for himself running. I can't get stuck with a seat in the front of the theater. Uh, that was terrible. Yeah, you just had to. And if you wanted to guarantee, I remember sitting outside for X-Men mm -hmm. at Showplace 16. And I remember just sitting out there with a bunch of us and we were just hanging out, waiting for the move or for us to get let in so we can go pick our seats so we can see the, the original X-Men movie. So like I said. Better those times. days are gone yeah those days are gone we're in we're in better times when it comes to that so it's just it was just caught me off guard i mean i figured it was going to be long because like you said all these movies are long but three hours for the batman i mean if it's good i'm gonna love it but if it has any issues you'll hear us talking about it yeah <laughs> yep here on raised a geek so you want to make sure you don't miss us talk about the batman so you want to make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all podcasts and social media services so you don't miss an episode make sure you subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe and tell them about the show and check it out because it helps us out the more that we have into it and if you want to join the conversation hit us up on twitter at raised geek or shoot us an email at raisedgeek at gmail.com. Dot com. Every listen is like a love letter to us. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's keep this train rolling. There we go. So now we are about to talk about our initial thoughts on the first half of Peacemaker Season 1, now streaming on HBO Max. But before we do, we want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Let's talk Peacemaker the maker of peace maker of peace no matter how many men women and children he has to kill for it he will do it that's the tagline <laughs> that is the tagline of this show no matter how many men women or children he has to murder for peace makes sense makes sense i mean in his brain the the sentiment is there i think but <laughs> yeah he means well he means well <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Peacemaker is, is a spinoff of the, or uh, pretty much almost a direct sequel for the Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which came out at theaters and HBO Max last year, and currently streaming on HBO, it has returned. And this is kind of like a sequel, kind of a spinoff with John Cena's Peacemaker character from that movie. And I mean, even in the first episode of the show, they said previously on, you know, the Suicide the Squad, suicide or squad, is that yeah. what they said? Yeah, it was, an, it was a little recap they did before anything. Um, yeah. It's weird to have a recap on a series premiere, but I guess, yeah, it does spin directly out of yeah, directly Suicide Squad. It. So they wanted to give you a little taste. If you hadn't seen Suicide Squad, I guess, even though if you're watching this show, you probably did watch that movie. Yeah. Um, just to kind of remind you 
where peace we first met peacemaker in the suicide squad james gunn's movie from last year mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> yeah this is just kind of his continuing adventure i don't know i found it when this show was first announced i didn't find it strange but also kind of like a huh just like a little weird that i don't know after watching that movie it's was surprising me that he would be the character to get the show yeah um i don't know john cena doesn't seem like the type to be like oh yeah sign me up for this show but maybe you know he's just really liked the character and and they had a great idea to go make this show about and so i guess he kind of got on board so um i liked suicide squad enough we had a suicide squad episode where we both talked about it a little zany a little out there kind of james gunn off the chain off the leash um but it had enough good in there for me to want to watch this show. Um, I don't know. Is that kind of how you thought about this show going in or? Yeah, I had zero, I very low and I won't say zero. I had low interest in this. I was like, all right, Peacemaker. Yeah. John Cena running a show. What is it going to be coming? And then coming off of the suicide squad, it's like, is this going to be more of that? Is it going to be different? What's the deal? So, and like, what is it going to be about? Once again, you're running it around like an anti-hero to a point and especially you know about Peacemaker from the movie, but not really. So it's not like I knew a lot about what kind of story you can tell with Peacemaker or where they're going with that world to continue this world of potentially the DCEU movie Mm -hmm. thing, which we've talked about countless times about we not understanding where this universe is anymore and who's actually in it and who's not. And once again, this is still expanding this universe that Warner Brothers is obsessed with saying is dead and doesn't exist, but the Snyderverse is still kind of being continued in one way or another, because we still have Harley Quinn, who was part of both, and uh, Amanda Waller is this, you know, so it's very confusing when you have all these people that are from the Snyderverse being in this. So anyway, we're still continuing that. But yeah, I 100% agree. It's I didn't really know what the show was going to be until I watched it. And now four episodes in, I still don't know <laughs> what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, let's start our let's start our overall impression then. You you go ahead and give me yours. What so far just this show four episodes watched. What do you think? And I'm going to I'm going to start with a quick just read off with the synopsis for the the plot just in case there's anybody who hasn't oh, yeah. watched do the show. Just let you know what it's about if you're not interested in it. We are going to go spoilers. So I mean, yes. we're going to talk about the story and talk about everything. So if you care about that, Definitely go check out the show. Um, I don't think you'll regret checking. It depends, but just, you know, I'm going to tell you what it's about. So um, as we said, this picks up where the Suicide Squad left off um, and Peacemaker, John Cena, returns home after recovering from his encounter with Bloodsport at the end of the movie, only discover that his freedom comes at a price. So it was more or less, yeah, where they ended that movie coming with a building falling down on him and him getting shot. I never watched the end credit scene, so I thought he was dead. But this movie kind of picks up literally right after the show. Um, my, I struggle with this show, Don. I've okay. never watched anything before that I loved and hated simultaneously. And uh, okay. this show, especially the first, I mean, the first episode, definitely. But maybe, maybe I'm becoming numb by the time we hit episode four. But definitely from the first episode, it was like they would do one thing that I absolutely loved. I'd be like, oh, that was so funny, or that was so good, or that was so creative. And then the next thing out of someone's mouth, I hated. And it wasn't just like, ugh. It was like, I hate that. 
And then like two minutes later, <laughs> someone else would say something. And I'd be like, I love it. And it was very, there was no just like watching it. It was just like every moment was either I loved it and it was great or I hated it. And there was nothing like in the middle. So it was very polarizing in that way, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming this is a polarizing show and probably intended to be. And I think James Gunn ultimately is a polarizing person. So it just depends on where that falls. And I don't know where this show is falling in the realms of fans. And if anyone's watching this show, I brought it up to some people. And a lot of people are just kind of saying, I don't know what that is. Or I don't like John Cena. (laughs) Or I I struggle trying to, you know, the idea of John Cena leading a show, as you said, kind of is a little jarring. So I kind of have a, a really thin line between love and hate with what I've seen so far. How about you? Okay. Okay. Right on, right on. We fall close to the same camp. I think this show benefits in my mind from releasing um, more than one episode to start. Yes. Because I didn't, it launched with um, three episodes on its premiere date, right? The first three all released same day. So I watched the first two back to back. If that hadn't been the case, if it had only been one episode, I might have stopped watching it. Um, The first episode, I didn't really like that much. I don't think I thought it was too just too. I don't know. I don't know what the word is too raunchy too, too just like the jokes weren't landing for me. It just kind of felt like raunchy poo poo pee pee humor and like, um, you know, immature immaturity jokes that i just like eh, i'm okay i can pass on this but since the separate episode was sitting there i was like let me watch this again let me let me keep going see what happens i got another hour i can do this watching the second episode my interest started growing a little more i was like all right i can kind of see where they're going these jokes are landing in a way i can tell that, that like sometimes when a joke is stupid and you know, it's stupid and you know, it's kind of offensive and raunchy. It's like, well, I can tell how that would be offensive, but it's kind of funny. Like, let me just lighten up a little bit and, you know, uh, take this for what it is. And that's what episode two did. And then watching episode three, I was like, all right, I'm at the point now where I got to see what happens in the show because it's actually okay. It's Mm -hmm. better than I, what I thought it would be. So I don't hate it. And, but I don't love it yet. I'm kind of putting that caveat that, you know, I don't love this show yet, but it's, it's keeping my attention as it keeps unfolding. And I'm, I'm finding things about it to like more and more with every episode. Um, But yeah, this could have, this easily could have been a show. I could have quit after one episode if I really wanted to. Um, But, you know, for reasons of us doing this podcast, I kept going and, and just like being a comic book fan, I like DC, um, James Gunn, we'll talk about our thoughts on him, but like, I have a kind of a love hate thing with him too. So that's um, just kind of where I sit, man. It, it's, I, I, I can see where they're going and I think it has potential, but there's a lot of things. It's not a perfect show is what I guess kind of will sit at. No. And I mean, I didn't, I clearly didn't expect it to be a perfect show. I had an f- idea of where it was going to fit just with, watching the suicide squad knowing that this was pretty much a sequel to that or a spinoff from that it was going to be the same tone so i was already nervous about that because that that movie wasn't my favorite it had moments it just kind of like the show it has moments it's hit wins and losses hits and hits and misses um but i felt like i agree with you as this show has progressed definitely but now being at episode four i've liked it more with each episode so the first one was very it's it's 
was very love hate, but by the time we hit episode four, it's, I'm leaning more towards, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging this show and it's leaning a little bit heavier towards the love aspect of it, where I could see if they continue down this path, I could see by the end really being hooked. But yeah, if they didn't give you those th first three episodes, you needed those first three because the first episode was kind of all over the place. The second episode was almost one long joke. Mm -hmm. And then the third episodes where they really kind of started giving you the story and you're like, okay. And a little bit more character depth and a little bit more idea. Plus I believe that was the episode that the vigilante showed up and that definitely changed the pace a little bit or he show up in two. We'll talk vigilante definitely, but he's, I think he was even, he you heard his, yeah, you he heard his voice in episode one. I think even he was, didn't. Um, oh yeah. He, he was the on character. the voicemail. Yeah. He left him the long voicemails. Uh, you didn't see him until episode yeah. two, I think. Yeah, he was in two because okay. he was part of the three-way at the end. Oh, right. So he was in two. Right. But yeah, I think in three is when he really kind of came out of his shell a little bit more and they gave him some rants and gave him some moments. And that was the torture scene was in there. And Yeah, Vigilante is probably, to me, the best part of the show. We'll, we'll talk Vigilante, yeah. but I, I really like I, where they're going with him a lot. Yeah, I really think he was that. But one of the things I was really surprised with with the show that I really didn't expect at all was that the characters do have depth. Mm -hmm. Like, and even John Cena, I'm surprised at how heavy he is or how much he's carrying on this show. I, I didn't think he could do it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's layers to that character, and you didn't see him in the movie but you're seeing them here. You're seeing that, you know, and obviously they have the space and the time to do the, um, to flesh out the character a little bit more. And you're seeing a little bit more of his background. And by the end of episode four, they're doing the flashbacks a little bit more to his childhood and seeing how he was raised and stuff with his dad. So you're getting more, but I mean, I think he's delivering with, you know, the ridiculous rants and the immaturity, but then he's also able to have scenes where he's emotionally wrecked and actually able to see his vulnerability that I wasn't expecting vulnerable moments on this show. Yeah, I agree. That's, that is definitely the um, positive side of having uh, the TV arm of these mm -hmm. superhero worlds is being able to explore and go in depth with characters that you don't get to do in the movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like what we got from, John Cena's peacemaker in Suicide Squad was just, you know, well, he's here and he, he's kind of comedic relief and he has some fun action scenes, but that's like all you get. Yeah. And like he, he's he's like even villainous towards the end of that movie. He, he can be viewed as the villain of the movie and you don't get much from him in this. The point of this show, I guess, is to explore his character and you get six or I guess eight hours of television show to do that. So it's cool that James Gunn kind of understands and, and is using TV to its advantages. That's what a TV show is for. Um, so I'm definitely with you. John Cena is doing well. I mean, I think I'm, I was kind of out of wrestling by the time he hit his um, peak, but I definitely can see that he belongs here in this, in this movie arena. He's, he's actually really holding his own. He's really comedic, man. He, he's got he's got some comedic chops and he now he's showing he can also kind of play the emotional side, yeah. um, like the more dramatic lines he's delivering are landing for me, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I have an issue with like how fast he talks in his lines, but that's even from his WWE days. He did that, too. He can just like go, 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 go and talk yeah. really fast. 
um it's working but sometimes i have to like rewind and be like what do he say i know that was supposed to be a funny line but i want to catch the punchline. but he's too quick with it yeah. i've had to turn the subtitles on a couple times too just because they're saying stuff and i'm like what are they saying when they were when they were cracking jokes about uh was a matter eater lad Matter eater like, lad. Matter yeah. eater lad. And I'm like, what are they saying? And I rewound it like three times and I'm like, I still don't know what they're saying. So like the fourth time I'm putting on the subtitles just so I could read it and see yeah. uh see the uh see what that was. So it's kind of interesting to watch him. I agree with you. He's uh, he's really a delight. He is, and they're writing his character in a way, you know, that kind of works for him i think mm -hmm. even in the action they're giving him he's a big bulky dude like clearly look at him he's like just a chiseled giant sometimes weird looking man with how big he is but so but they're they're kind of using that in the right way how they're writing the way he's fighting too yeah. he's, he's kind of like just a big lumbering dude he's not going to be flying around fighting like spider-man or something or or even like a captain america he's just kind of a big punch you tackle you fight guy and so um i think that's working for them they're kind of going with his strengths you know what i mean absolutely uh, and i think for this show's credit as well the action sequences are some of the best mm -hmm. like i mean they're really nicely choreographed i think they're fun um they're cracking jokes in the middle of it i mean i i think i've had more fun watching these action sequences than the majority of anything we got on the mcu shows mm -hmm. Not that you can yeah. compare these shows in any way, but that's about the only way I think you can. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of are in the same conversation, same breath. You want to mention them. So, yeah, it is fun that this is like the first true DCEU show, really. Mm -hmm. DC, we've gotten in TV so far, just CW stuff and, yeah. and other things. This is the first one that's playing in that movie world. Um, so they are keeping I like I like the fights, too. I think they're cool. I I you know, was a fan of most of the action in suicide, in suicide squad, especially we talked about like the Harley Quinn sequence. So I know that James Gunn can do it well. So he's written some fun action so far with like judo master. Those scenes have been fun. Yeah. And, uh, vigilante stuff, I, all of it, all of it's working action wise for me. Um, well, you know, when we start talking about humor and the and the and the childish humor, that's when it gets a little weird. But I've had no problem with the action at all. Well, and and the thing that works the best, and I think it throws catches you completely off guard almost immediately in the first one, is that opening credit sequence. Yeah, we can't we can't talk about the show without talking about that. <laughs> is that one of the best theme song slash openings ever? Might be. I was uh, literally trying to think of a theme song especially at least recently that is better than that and then like i said an opening sequence an opening title sequence that i couldn't i didn't want to skip i sat there with the skip thing i grabbed the remote to do it like i don't usually care about title sequences sometimes i'll watch it once just to see what it is and then i skip all the other times this one i couldn't skip and it wasn't until about episode three or four that i actually did skip it just because i didn't want the song stuck in my head <laughs> i know that i will say it's definitely one where after watching it or while watching it for the first time, like an intro to a show has never done this to me where I just be like, what is this? Like yeah. totally unexpected. I did not see something like that coming. Um, and it's super fun though. Like say what you will about James Gunn, but the dude just knows how to incorporate music yeah. into all his, all his projects ever since, you know, the first thing I saw from him was guardians. 
of the galaxy. I'm sure that's the same for a lot of us. He he has a horror background and we know he's made a lot of kind of like indie stuff. Yeah. But uh ever since Guardians and Guardians Volume Two and Suicide Squad and now this, like he just knows how to incorporate music in the right ways. Yeah. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite soundtracks to a movie and 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 just this, he's he's kind of shifting from that. Um I don't want to say hippie rock, but like old classic rock, but now it's like hair metal kind of a stuff. And it's like a hair metal theme to this intro and all throughout the show. And it's really working. I don't know why it's working for me so much, but it really is. I don't know. And this opening credit scene is just perfect. The dancing is just funny. Like they're all acting so serious and you can tell a lot of them aren't dancers. Uh, especially when they have the part with Robert Patrick doing his little pelvic thrust. It's like, yeah. he didn't, he didn't want to do that, but he's just doing it. <laughs> he um, do it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun and I'm into it. Never skip that intro. I love that they all have the straight face. Nobody's smiling. Like they're all just deadpan serious while they're doing yeah. all these ridiculous dancing and thrusting and just bouncing around. It's just, it's a great, it's a great opening. It's just, I want to show people, even if you're not interested in the show, Google the opening and just watch them dance around and to hair metal bands. Yeah. It's just something you never, it reminded me of uh, the threat level midnight on the office. Yeah. Watch that episode with Michael Scott's yeah. movie. And then he did right. the, uh, the dancing thing where they're like, take two steps or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it reminded me of. It was that type of just humor where you're just like, this is ridiculous. Why is this here? And that's how I felt a lot about this opening so it's great i mean that's the highlight of the show highlight of every episode is that intro definitely my my wife was not interested in this show at all and i knew that going in so i was like oh i'm just gonna watch this alone but after the first episode like you gotta at least watch this intro and she was like oh that's fun yeah like so even people who have no interest in peacemaker you gotta appreciate this intro yeah it's watching these people and dressed up and going what is happening and if you don't know what's going on you're gonna enjoy it that much more because it looks that much more ridiculous yeah like why is john cena look like that why are these people you know it's just and then when the eagle when eagly swoops in at the end and just is like old eagly eagly yeah just yeah i do i do i am enjoying this show as you think of the little things like i said it it needs to be watched multiple times because they talk so fast and i'm like there's so many jokes that i just miss yeah and that's just kind of james guns's James Gunn's is the James Gunn style, I guess. It's kind of even, you know, think back to Guardians, how he had his people like quick witted, quick talking. You miss some jokes. You miss you miss a lot of things Rocket Raccoon was saying or, or um, Star Lord will say something really quickly that is funny. It's just kind of like his style. Um, and that's just kind of like his style is written all over the show. And I guess that kind of brings me to a question to you is like it came out that or it's it's been said, you know, after the success of Suicide Squad, WB is going to kind of start looking to him for direction moving forward. Do you think that's good? Like, how are you viewing this? Like, do you want him kind of helming different things now that you have a taste of Suicide Squad and now you see this show? Is he the right guy kind of moving forward in DC or no? I know we've kind of talked a little bit about James Gunn and how you feel about him, uh, how we feel about him, but uh I mean, I don't know. My, my gut tells me no, mm-hmm. that he isn't because he has one style. And unless he's going to apply this to everybody, I can't see him toning it down in any other way. Clearly, this is him off the leash. 
and it's completely different. You, you see parallels to Guardians and that style, but you could tell Marvel had him chained down. You know, they took they took his good ideas and nurtured them, and they threw away the outlandish things. And WB's not throwing away anything. They're just letting him do what he wants. I mean, it seems like I can't imagine there being much more that's being that he would suggest that's not making it to the screen in some way, unless he decides he doesn't want it there. I don't think WB is telling him, yeah, no, get rid of that. That's too much because there's clearly some crazy stuff making it to the screen already. So I can't imagine, I mean, from when you look at like an expansion, especially if you start tying in like Batman and Superman into these things, like, can you imagine Superman, James Gunn doing Superman? Like, what would that look like? I can't even imagine what that would look like. Yeah. Well, here's, Here's what I'll say about that. I, I'm not sure if um, I'm not going to give him credit enough to think that he wouldn't know when and when not to tone something down. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if he's going like crazy gore, funny, like blood equals funny in, with these characters. And he wouldn't he would know not to do that if he was helming a Superman project, you know what I'm saying? Like he he's also said recently, I saw something, you know, people were asking him, you know, did Marvel change any, we're seeing what you're doing with your DC stuff. Like did Marvel change stuff you wanted to do with guardians and like kind of quote unquote tame you down a little bit. And he's like, no, they didn't, they didn't interfere. DC's not interfering. I'm doing what I want to do with DC. And I also did what I wanted to do with Marvel. So that makes me wonder, well, like, okay, if he was to helm a Superman project, would he know Superman's sensibilities, the differences and and not to have, you know, Superman punching a guy through the head or something, you know, um, I guess that remains to be seen. I think his style would work moving forward. And he could kind of be like the voice and just, that would just happen to be putting faith in him to know, you know, cause I think he does understand the characters. So yeah. I don't know. No, and I, I agree with you on that. And a lot of that could just come down to if Disney, he knew he was making a Marvel movie and they told him, Hey, you can do whatever you want, but it's gotta be PG 13. Right. This is what you're allowed. And he worked within those parameters and turned out a great movie. And now WB saying, Hey, you can make an R rated movie. We're down with that. We want our movies to be different. So go, go balls to the wall, you know, and rated R cool. You don't have to filter that down. So now this is him rated R. So now if you, if they tell him, Hey, we want you to make the next Superman movie needs to be PG 13. And can he, you know, if he could guardians of the galaxy, it, yeah, you know, him throwing some humor into it is not a bad thing. I mean, that clearly, I mean, it's a divided line as to where people fall with that, but I mean, that's, been the problem with the Snyderverse to a lot of people is that they wanted to be like, hey, we don't want to be like Marvel. They're fun and lighthearted. We're going to be dark. And I know some people were like, ah, they're too dark, that these movies aren't fun. And some people like that they're too dark. So, I mean, everyone's going to have their opinion, which is great. But I think, you know, it just depends on what he brings to that. We clearly know that he likes the humor and to have fun. So to see his take on a Superman movie, I think he could do it, but yeah, it just depends on what those parameters are. Like I said, if they're telling him, Hey, you could do whatever you want, but make it R rated. Cool. If, mm-hmm. You know, so it just depends on what they set that up for. I do believe he has good character development clearly, as we were just talking about with uh, peacemaker and some of the, even the other characters, the minor characters are all getting their, their built, you know, vigilante, you know, I mean, everybody's kind of having character arcs and you're making you care about characters. So clearly he can do that with any of these other characters as well. And even this show, he's showing so much more of that than he did in the suicide squad. So 
it's like clearly he knows how to do it. So it's just, it's just, it would just depend on what that would look like. Because like you said, if he's going to make a Superman movie, that's like this, no. But if he right. can, if he's going to make a Superman movie like guardians, that could be pretty badass. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. He's shown he can do both things and it just kind of comes down to, like I said, trusting him to make the right choices. If DC really wants to move forward with him as like their leading voice, not even saying like he's going to be the end all be all of things, you know, they haven't, they don't have a Kevin Feige. It doesn't seem like over there to kind of keep everything in order, but if they kind of want him to be the leading voice and one of the top directors they have, who's got his hand in all these different projects, kind of like taking on the new Zack Snyder role. Um, I would just say, let's wait and see and see if he would be able to navigate that and, and do it. I, I would be open to it. If like, if they announced tomorrow, James Gunn is, executive producing the new superman i'd be like well great let's see what let's see what's going to happen and i'm i'm all for that i think my big thing with dc and not to go too far down this rabbit hole but i don't want to see them do a universe Mm -hmm. like i'd rather just see them make movies and as as we just said it's so confusing and convoluted at this point i mean it seems like they're going to make the flash movie flashpoint just so they could try to fix it so i mean this is turning into like their version of Fox's X-Men Days of Future Past where they needed to retcon X-Men 3. It seems like they're going to try to retcon this whole thing in a whole movie just to try to figure out how to clean this thing up because we don't know who belongs to anywhere. You're going to have all of these different Batmans, all of these different characters that are tied together loosely, and then you're using the same ones for different movies, but then you're telling us that the Snyderverse is dead. So, I mean, I'd rather see him just handle these movies a la carte and yeah, give, let him executive produce Superman, let him executive produce the flash. But like, I don't know, something about trying them. I'm over them trying to do an extended universe thing. Yeah. And, and they have shown us they don't know how to do it. Well, well that's why we're at this point. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of messed that up from the beginning and it's hard to backpedal and make it work now. Yeah. But I just want, I don't mind if they are all a la carte movies. That's fine just make them good and like make it make sense to each other. Like we got four Batman running around between TV and movies. we got two flashes. We got um, just multiple people in multiple places and none of them are connected or they are connected or they're connected when they're convenient to be connected. Um, right. So I'm with you. Um, I, I just want good movies. I'm, I'm not worried about a, I'm not worried about a connected universe that, I'm going to enjoy from DC. I already got that in Marvel. I'm fine with that. Just make good, just make good movies. (laughs) You know, if they can make good movies and movies that I need to see and movies that I'm pumped to see and excited about, and you can do that for a string, then, you Mm -hmm. know, figure out a multiverse way to do it, you know, and you could still tie these characters together, but they don't need to be connected just from the get go. Bring it back around later, you know, show that you can make some movies and then tie them together. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's start with this Batman movie coming in the Flash and Black Adam and just make those good movies that I want to see. And then we'll talk later about connecting things. Exactly. But yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed to the idea. It just depends on what that I just really just don't know what it's going to look like. I can only base it off of what I have. And I'm not opposed to a Superman like Guardians, but I am a Superman like Suicide Squad. So yeah. If we if we if we continue down this path mm. with all of the DC properties, then I'm out. <laughs> I get it's just you. not for me. It's to see 
some of certain characters under this like light. Yeah, we just want fun characters. And we if he's James Gunn's making fun characters like he's making fun characters now, like Vigilante, I'm okay with uh him making some more fun characters. I, I mentioned earlier what in the show we were talking, dude. He's my favorite right now, Vigilante, yeah. the character in the show. Yeah. Um why I don't know. Well, I do know it's just like he's funny, like subtle funny. And just something about that is working really well for me. It's like kind of like Deadpool-y, but not, but he's just more, I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain my love yeah, it's for It's the line delivery. It's just yeah. the actor, his his voice, the way, I mean, the way it's coming across and his just, especially because he's overacting because he's wearing a mask that you can't see his face right. uh, for the majority of the time. So you, he's like overacting his mannerisms and just the stuff that they have him saying is, is, genuinely funny yeah like i find the things that he's saying funny where a lot of it's the like he's, he's saying say. he's saying things that like real people would say in a situation yeah. like pointing out the obvious like well this is stupid like why are why are we doing this like yeah i see you there behind the dumpster no you don't and just like stuff <laughs> like that and like his scene in this fourth episode where he basically um owns those white supremacists yeah. in that jail oh, it was like right. the best scene of this series so far to me yeah like the things he was saying to them was just so like uh satisfying yeah and then when he just whooped all their asses i was ready to cheer i was like yes that's the best but see i died when they took off his mask when he was being tortured and he kept moving his face so they couldn't identify him <laughs> yeah. they were like what are you doing he's like i'm just moving my face so they can't identify me and he kept sticking his tongue out and moving that was just so funny yeah and like his relationship with peacemaker and him trying to be his best friend and like peacemaker kind of being an ass to him still it's just a fun it's a fun little back and forth they have going so uh yeah, man. Vigilante fan right here. I like hundred yeah, percent. But then they, but then they're, as we said, they're bringing it back around now here because at the end of that episode four, when he failed in prison with what he wanted to do and he was being released, he's like, I think I made everything worse. And like, you could see that you could see that like pain on his face and just how mm -hmm. much that he wanted to help and failed and made everything worse. And just, you felt for him. So you just, like I said, they're adding all of this heart and here are these characters that are sociopaths, you know, like these yeah, people it's... aren't good people and they're assassins and they're murderers. And I mean, he's not yeah. vigilante is unhinged in many, many ways. He is not a good person, but they're still showing that heart with him. Yeah. Cause they're, they're kind of walking the line, the blurred line between being a superhero and a supervillain. And what does that really even mean anymore? Right. Like, um, can you kill people and still be a superhero? And, and they're also, I mean, this show is more deeper. It's deeper than what I thought it was going to be at the beginning. Yeah. You know, they're getting, they're getting into themes of, um, racism and, and even sexism and discriminatory, discriminatory biases of like, that were taught by family. That's kind of what's going on with Chris is, uh, I say Chris peacemaker, but like he kind of has these learned behaviors from his father, who is clearly a disgusting, terrible person who's a white supremacist. And, and, and some of the jokes I didn't really like at the beginning where, you know, he's using some racial slur, not slurs, but you know what I mean? Just like discriminatory stuff, but that's kind of like the, how the show is going and, you know, painting him as, pretty much the biggest asshole uh that you can imagine 
but it's like he he raised Chris this way to think this way about people and it's kind of like well can he change can people change from the way they were raised you know what I mean it's kind of it's kind of delving into that a little bit which I hope they are able to execute and tell it in the right way yeah absolutely and I it's it's one of the things that made it the first episode kind of a struggle because Mm -hmm. the humor comes across as very immature as you said and then there were lots of like you said, racial, sexist, homophobic mm-hmm. language. And then you're trying to figure out, and then when you get, you know, Augie coming in here, you know, uh, Peacemaker's father, and he's just throwing around whatever he wants to say, homophobic. I mean, he's just throwing it all out there. And then I'm sitting there going, is this, are these the jokes? Right. And it was really hard to tell if I'm supposed to be laughing at him. Am I supposed to like this character? Is he saying these as things that I should like? Or... You know, because obviously Peacemaker is just kind of like going along with it. So I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be going along with this? Like, where are we in this? Yeah. And it was very confusing for this first because then I'm like, is this the kind of humor of this show? And where where did this come from? You know, and it was so it was very confusing. Now, of course, as you said, we're four episodes in and they've kind of painted him as an ass. The villain. And, uh, the yeah. villain. And, you know, they're kind of tying that in there now where, yeah, they are trying to have a message and talk a little bit more about that. So I'm glad to see that. But it was jarring in the first episode because I because it blended so well with the rest of the humor. Yeah. So it was hard to tell. It was was hard to to find that funny. It was hard to tell. And they're kind of making uh, they're kind of making Peacemaker's character be you can tell he was raised by this man. Yeah. But but he has a line where the things he's saying are just rude. Yeah. You know what I mean? The things he's saying are rude and, you know, um, borderline, ancient, sexist. Oh, borderline sexist and maybe even borderline racist and homophobic. He's He's had a couple of his little things. But then you switch to his father who's saying things that are just like, well, I find that offensive. This character is offensive to me. I know this is a rated R thing and like people are going to say that, but it's like, okay, I hate this guy. I hate this character. Yeah. And I think they're trying to just they're they're starting to go down the path of us being like, well, this man is who raised Chris and can he change and can the people around him you know, even Adebayo, his character, she's kind of like the one closest to him who's being like, you're a good dude. You're rough around the edges. I can see the good dude inside of you. Um, I know he's there, but yeah, like you're saying stuff that makes you sound stupid and like a child, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so hopefully the show continues to evolve and go down that path of being like, hopefully Chris decides, no, I don't have to be like you. And yeah, I love, uh, I'm, I keep saying you're a good man and I love you and my dad, but man, you really are a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that's where this show goes. And that kind of seems like where we're going, but you know, for every message or thing that they try to get across, there's, you know, John Cena having sex, yelling freedom. <laughs> so, All right. And talking like, about what butt, am I watching butt, right now? Talking about butt babies and things like that. Oh, so, yes. God, yeah. Every time they start getting a little deeper, we get some, like I said, a, a South Park joke or something. In yeah. There where yeah. Talking just, about uh, butt babies. Thought I was a butt baby till I was 14. Yeah. I mean, that's funny, but it's also like something you'd expect to see in a uh, fairly brothers movie. You know what I mean? Just like a 
just like a family guy joke or something that it, it just pops up every now and then. So yeah, no, uh, you take nowhere. the good with the bad. You take the good with the bad. Yeah. They're just out of nowhere, but I did enjoy in the second episode. And I think it was when I started to turn for the show a little bit more was watching John Cena try to escape that building because uh-huh. at the end of that first episode, he exploded the, oh, the girl. Right. Right. And then he, then all the cops showed up and then he would, they were trying to get him out of that building. And he took that one fam that, that married couple hostage and then he started just jumping from those balconies. And that I, that killed me when he slipped on that railing. It felt like that was America's funniest home videos. Just like <laughs> him, him jumping and not doing like graceful superhero jumps until like later. But at yeah. every jump he did, he just crashed so hard into the ground. And it just nothing was graceful about him escaping that building. And that was that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, man, this show's this show is funny. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. It has raunchiness and like jokes that are a little too far, but it also has just general fun comedy in it. Oh, yeah. Where I do laugh like they he gives some funny lines and other characters too. like the guy who plays uh, Economos, Steve Agee. That dude says some funny shit yeah, <laughs> like he he, he's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, the, the comedy is hit or miss, but it, it's definitely I can tell that it's it's. It's funny when it really wants to be funny. Yeah, sure. and this comedy is hitting better than uh, Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, for sure. This I think there's there's bits in here, and there's just stuff that works. And just like I said, some of the sidebar conversations they'll have about you know a duck dressing like a human, and they'll talk about that for like three minutes of just John Cena will just go on some tirade about that. And yeah, that's I don't know. It's it's yeah. quality entertainment when it wants to be and extremely lowbrow when it wants to be. So that's that. But one of the things that I really liked was, like you said, they have a lot of these sidebar conversations that they're doing with these things. And one mm. of the ones that they actually had was the old man yelling at Peacemaker and calling him a villain and Peacemaker saying, no, I'm a hero. And then the old man saying, no, Batman is a hero. And oh, tying in Batman here. Yeah. Yep. So we're tying in Batman because obviously it's the universe and everybody's here. So now the old man is def- arguing with Peacemaker over what makes a hero and saying Batman's a hero because he doesn't kill anybody. And Peacemaker calling him a piece of shit for not killing people. Yeah. And yeah. basically, we get this whole monologue about Batman and whether he's right or wrong in his no kill. Clause. So, I mean, how did you feel about that just overall? I mean, that was like like a five minute argument that they had standing in the front yard about Batman being a, a wuss. Yeah, a wuss. I cleaned it up. What I didn't did. want to yeah. go. They <laughs> yeah. used a lot more colorful language than I'm trying they to did. use. And I think that's they where did. I'm struggling with trying to find the right words because I don't want to just completely. Yeah, um, he called him a not. He called him a not nice word, basically. Yeah. That's what Peacemaker said about Batman. Um, and I enjoyed and, it. So, yeah, this brings up a kind of the age old debate about Batman and how he operates as a hero. Um, if he should be killing supervillains who kill millions of people, like, is he um, saving less lives by not killing the one person who's kills people? Um, it's a debate even just from comic books. And I don't know if this is just James Gunn's kind of mouthpiece statement on where he stands on on the subject um and it just depends on how you look at it i mean to me peacemaker does kind of have a point but i do also understand why batman doesn't do it he has a code of ethics and he believes uh not to get on like a batman soapbox but like batman believes people can be rehabilitated he believes and that's in the why 
he believes in the system, even though he he kind of thinks the system is the problem. And that's why they keep getting out. Why has Joker been <laughs> escaped from prison a million times? Um, but he just keeps putting them back in there because just that's the way he believes mm-hmm. uh, he can do it. But like, look at people like Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn and Catwoman are all supervillains who have been rehabilitated and kind of go to the good side. So, I mean, Batman in the comics, I'm sorry, guys, like whatever you want, he's not going to kill people. He's just right. not going to. His parents were murdered and he refuses to do it. What gets a little fishy for me is Batman in movies. Um and which so which Batman here is is Peacemaker talking about because Ben Affleck's Batman has killed people yeah. um, in his movies. So like we still don't know. I don't know. That's we we've just talked about how DC gets kind of like murky with their what the story they're trying to tell. Well, which Batman are we talking about here? Is James Gunn's Batman going to be a Batman who never kills? Because the Batman I've seen in Zack Snyder's movies is a killer yeah, uh, and doesn't care. But so I don't know. But it was a fun, interesting conversation to kind of talk about. It's a it's a debate that people, I think, are always going to be on one side or the other. Um, should the Batman just kill the Joker and be done with it? But I don't know. Spider-Man doesn't kill people either, but he doesn't get as much flack as Batman about it. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but Batman's it's a fun, it's a fun villains, debate. Batman's villains are a lot more brutal from a murderous standpoint where like Mostly. the Joker just pulls up to drive throughs and shoots people in the face, you know, and you're just like, what is happening? Um, right. They're a little bit more vicious, you know, usually Superman. It's a darker world. Spider-Man's it's villains, a darker world. Yeah. It's a darker world. Spider-Man's villains are a little bit more colorful and they're a little bit more like world domination type thing. Mm. So they're not necessarily like just out to kill people where a lot of Batman's people, especially like the Joker, let's just create chaos and let's just murder some folk. Then that's a whole other yeah different question yeah i don't know how do you feel you think think batman should kill no i prefer my batman just putting people away and like ruling that way like just dominating with fear and like yeah joker goes to jail and next time he gets out i'm gonna put him back in jail and beat him up again and i don't want you know batman snapping joker's neck and being done with it that's just not the kind of thing i'm I'm into if i want that you go places like this peacemaker and Deadpool and people who are going to do that. There's different kind of superheroes, you know what I mean? And Batman to me is just a guy who's against murder. He doesn't like guns. Um, that's just how I view Batman. So yeah. no, I, I, I kind of fall on that side. I agree. I'm not opposed to it. If you had the story to really do it right, you had to have a situation that really would warrant that type of action, but I'm not, I'm, I, his, he has the best like rogues gallery of villains. So the idea of him killing any of them just never seems worth the cost. Right. Just why, why would you want any of those? And I mean, I know you could just resurrect them or, you know, new writer comes in and brings them right back. So it doesn't, there's not much continuity, but you know, you'd have to have a really good story that just needed to be told where that happened to be the ending, but it would end up being a non-canon thing. I can't imagine. This is is comic books. He's, he's got a classic rose gallery like you said they're not going to kill any of them off so yeah i'm good with it so i'm yeah absolutely were you one of the people who freaked out when superman uh killed zod not so much um i thought it was necessary in that moment because he was about to kill people with uh his laser eyes isn't that how it kind of worked yeah like so superman kind of was just that wasn't a huge deal to me uh 
I loved that movie though. So I was kind of biased. I loved everything about that movie. Um, It was fine. That, that was fine too. So I guess it's a case by case basis. I would say Superman shouldn't be killing people either, but in that instance, I didn't mind that. Well, and, and I think that's what I'm saying is it just depends on the situation. I remember when I was watching Man of Steel and that happened, I never even thought about it because the situation and the way that it ramped up and the way where we were, it was just like, that's what needed to happen. So it just made sense to me. So it didn't feel gratuitous where, like you said, Ben Affleck's Batman was just put machine guns on a Batmobile and was just driving through cars and I mean, just chaos and destruction and punching and shooting. You know, he just was a lot more brutal of a Batman, which had its moments, but it was an interesting monologue that they did in the middle of the show with the old man and Peacemaker. Probably the best way to settle this argument is take your mind back to Batman Begins when um, Christian Bale's Batman was in the scene at the end with Raj al Ghul, the um, Liam Neeson's character. Mm -hmm. And he had the chance to pull him from that train And he delivered the line of saying, like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And he just kind of floated away. Like, yeah, is that the perfect middle ground? You know, I don't know. He didn't he didn't intervene in what was going to kill Raj al Ghul, which in essence is him killing Raj al Ghul. But he didn't really do it. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's many different angles this this debate can go. So it it just depends on how you like your Batman. But it, it wasn't a debate I was expecting to hear in the middle of this episode of The Peacemaker. No, let's just have them face off with each other in some future project and get to the bottom of it, huh? Let's do that. There we go, as we talked about, bringing it back around to James Gunn being the godfather of the DC movie universe. So, Don, as we wrap up our Peacemaker talk, does, you know, I mean, where does this we've talked about the dceu quite a bit already so i mean i think it comes down and we don't really know where this falls but where does this rank within that for you and also just are you going to go check out are you pumped up for like to watch titans now or is this like revitalizing some interest in the dc universe to you or is this just kind of i'm enjoying this (laughs) yeah it's a little bit of all those columns i'm enjoying this now And actually, the more we're talking about it now, I think I'm realizing I enjoy it more than I even thought I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of like this direction. They're they're kind of headed down for the most part. Um, So I would say it probably does rank pretty high in DCEU. I do not. I've I've been open saying like I'm not the biggest DCEU fanboy in the world. I haven't seen all the things, so I'm not an expert on it. Um, But it's fun. Like I'm, I'm having fun with it. It's not too dark and not too uh it's not too dark it's not too funny it's like the a nice mixture of both i would say so as long as i'm being entertained i'm going to say something is good so i i'm i'm kind of standing there with this on those um as for me wanting to watch dc other dc tv that ain't happening (laughs) probably uh just everything kind of cwe DC has never really appealed to me. We've had that conversation. I don't really need to go down that hole for me. Like Doom Patrol and Titans has never screamed must watch to me, any of those shows. Um, So I don't think that's going to happen, but just as a standalone project right now, I'm having enough fun with this to just keep watching it and say it's, it's pretty good for, for DC, you know, I hear you. I hear you. I, this, and it's way too early to ask this question, but I'm just curious. Popped in my head. So I'm going to ask. 
this is the first DC project we're getting this year. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this will rank? When you look at basically the four things that I'm aware of that are coming out, we have Peacemaker here at the beginning. We have the Batman coming out in March. We have the Flash coming out in the summer, and we have Black Adam coming out in the fall. Mm-hmm. So if you say that's the DC content this year, and I know it's movies and shows, but this is just one big movie. Where do you think it's a six hour movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's a six hour movie, but eight know, hour movie, whatever. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But where do you think this, when just looking like a predictive, where do you think this is going to fall for your year? Uh, it's hard to say. Cause I don't know what I'm going to think about black Adam or flash really yet. I think to me, Batman will probably be, if, if it just delivers on what I think it can, that's going to probably be my favorite DC property of the year just because I'm a big Batman guy and I like everything I've seen out of that so far. Um, so maybe kind of in the middle, I don't know. I just don't know what to think about I flash know. and black Adam. Um, I so know. I guess it's, I'm going to, we're going to see when we get there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see when we get there. Why, what do you think it's going to be? High I, on your no, I, I think it's going to be high. Um, like I said, the Batman. Yeah. If, if it delivers, it's just, that's just a question mark on that. It, it looks like it has the pieces to deliver if it can, um, there's no doubt it has the pus- it easily could be the number one. When I look at like Flash, I don't know what that is. And I'm confused by even with the things that they're doing with that movie that I don't feel like I care. Mm-hmm. So I just have a very negative kind of like negative thought process about DC and these movies projects. I'm just like, I'm tired of what they're, what they're doing and I want to see something different. So just, yeah, seeing Michael Keaton as Batman could be cool, but I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't know if I'm going to care. Black Adam, I can't imagine caring about that movie. Like, I can't imagine what they could show in a trailer that would make me excited or be like, change my mind. I just, it feels like it's just going to be, I know Dwayne Johnson keeps talking about, we're doing things you've never seen before in superheroes. And I'm like, well, I've seen a lot. So yeah. it just, to me, seems like it's just going to be special effects, just big explode. Like, I just can't imagine what that movie would do that would make me care about it yeah like, like i've taught, said before i love dwayne johnson as a public figure mm-hmm. but i'm never excited about dwayne johnson movies yeah does that make sense 100%. i don't know i don't i don't know why i'm just not um yeah we'll we'll talk more black adam in the future but and, yeah, yeah and we'll tie it in once we start seeing some trailers and you know obviously this is a show so it is hard to compare but i mean definitely i think i'm having the most fun with this from even just comparing it to the dc shows once again i didn't watch titans but i also had zero interest in watching titans so definitely 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 so we will be back talking about peacemaker with the back half of the season as we see where this show goes we're in unison with that thought i'm 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 feeling the same way i'm Glad I kind of stuck around and I'm I'm invested now. So these last four episodes, I want to see what they do, where they go. And uh, yeah, man, it's a little, it's a roller coaster here. Peacemaker. Absolutely. If you have any thoughts about Peacemaker, let us know. You agree, disagree. Shoot us over on Twitter at Raise the Geek. Get us an email at raisethegeek at gmail.com. Let us know. Make sure you join that conversation so we can talk about it again. Because I'd love to add some of your all thoughts to our next Peacemaker episode. So we're going to wrap up this episode of Raised a Geek. We're going to talk, bring back a segment we used to do for all the old school listeners, but we are going to talk about what we are geeking out about this week. Just where we talk about something that we read, played, just we do a lot that we can't always highlight on this show. 
or things that we do separately. So we wanted to be able to branch that guys out and talk about some things that we're excited about. Yes, yes. So a welcome, a re-addition to our show that we tried to do a little bit and we're getting back into it, man, because we got a lot of separate things and Sometimes you'll say things I'm not aware of, or I'll say things you're not aware of, and we can kind of educate each other a little bit or educate our listeners, not educate. That's a sounds elitist word. I don't like that. <laughs> Scrap that. No, we're not educating anybody. We're just sharing our fun stuff going on with um, things we've been enjoying. Yeah. Maybe you know. might enjoy it. Yeah. I'll kind of kick it off here. I'm, um, mine right now is reading uh, something I've kind of been into and it's just a broad it's, it's more of a broad thing, but man, I'm just enjoying the bat family. I know I talk about them a lot. Um, as we just had our whole long conversation about Batman, but the bat family has just been always something that has intrigued me. And I really always have just liked the sidekicks and, and all that. And right now, if you're a fan of that as well is a good time because DC is publishing, uh, two separate books, uh, focusing on them. One is called Bat Girls with an S, and one is called Robins with an S. So it's not Robin or Bat Girl, it's Robins and Bat Girl. Bat Girls. Uh, Bat Girls is featuring Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown, and Barbara Gordon. All three characters have been Bat Girl at some point in the past. And this is kind of like all their team up and working together. Uh, Barbara Gordon is kind of stepping in as like the oldest one and the one who's seen the most and Stephanie and Cassandra are, are kind of the more younger, eager bat girls um, and them working together. I, and I've always thought that that was a cool idea to put them together. And even more so with Robbins. Robbins is a book that is putting together Tim, uh, no, well, Dick Grayson, uh, Tim, why can't I think of all their names? Damian Wayne and even uh, Jason Todd, Tim Drake. Geez, I can't believe that escaped me. So uh, those four Robins and even Stephanie Brown is involved in this too, because if you might remember for a short time, she was a Robin. She was like the only female Robin ever, uh, unless you count the one from the Dark Knight, but that was not can or like a different time. But um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying those. And even separate from that, I've, I've talked about uh, my love for the Nightwing comic that's been coming out monthly. Now they just had a 2021 annual, um, which right there on the cover, it's Nightwing and Red Hood with each other. So this entire book is them working together. And I, I just love seeing um, Robins from like different times thrust together and having to work together on a project because Nobody knows what it's like to be a Robin more than these two guys. Like Dick Grayson is the first original Robin. Mm -hmm. And then Jason Todd is the second Robin who uh, readers back in the day hated enough that they voted on him to get killed by the Joker. Uh, if you can remember back then, like DC ran a poll on, should we kill this Robin? Cause you hate him enough. And people voted yes, kill him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the famous, the, the famous, um, Batman storyline death in the family is of you know Joker beating the second Robin Jason Todd to death with a crowbar um and it's crazy and, and you know over time we've we've seen Jason has come back to be the Red Hood who I think is an awesome character um because he's just like he's Robin but he's the most brutal Robin like he's gonna kill too like he's been through some shit he's been revived by a Lazarus pit he doesn't care um 
I was interested in this book to find out that he, though he has ditched he has ditched the guns. He doesn't use guns anymore, and now he uses his weapon of choice is crowbars oh. that he beats that he beats villains with. And it's like how meta cool is that? Like he's using the weapon that killed him, yeah, uh, to like strike fear into people is just so awesome. awesome. Uh, yeah, but in this book, they kind of go back in time and show like Robin when he was a young Robin and him working with Dick Grayson's Nightwing for the first time and them working together and kind of talking about what it means to be, um, what it means to be Robin and, and Dick Grayson's just seeing the anger in uh, Jason and how he's too brutal with people. Even back then as Robin, he had to like pull him back and be like, dude, you're about to kill this guy, like calm down, relax. And it's just them kind of working a case together. And it flashes between that and modern times and just seeing Nightwing and Red Hood work together is just something I really like because I like the Robin so much. Yeah. And those are two of my favorite characters. So this was a really fun read. It just came out recently. Uh, if you're a fan of Nightwing or Red Hood, I would say check it out. It's like a one shot kind of a thing. So you don't need to have been reading Nightwing to even know what's going on. Um, written by Tom Taylor. We've talked about him a ton of times, but the dude just knows how to write characters and, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So that'll be mine for this week, man. Nightwing's on a break. I don't think so. No, I, it's it's been coming out. Still, I thought they finished an arc and they were get about to they were about to come back with like eighty nine for the Superman crossover. Uh, I mean, I just recently read eighty seven, and I know eighty eight. I think came out. I just haven't gotten it yet, so it's consistently they coming finishing out. An arc. I wanted to jump into Nightwing, but I needed to know when an arc. I figured maybe the Superman thing was going to be a good time to jump into Nightwing. Superman, yeah, the Superman son of Kal-El, the, the Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. Superman is about to team up with uh, Nightwing here. And I think that it probably is the start of a new arc. Um, but I mean, even if you wanted to read the first arc, I think it's collected now. The first like, one is, but the second one isn't. I was, I was looking at this the other day trying to figure out, yeah. and I was going to pick up the first one, and then I was looking for volume two, but volume two doesn't come out till like June. Okay. I'm like, that doesn't help at all. Like, why would they wait yeah. so long for volume two to come out? Um, so it's very confusing on that. So I was trying to, I was probably going to jump in. I'm going to have to jump into Nightwing anyway, because they're splitting that story up. So if I'm reading Son of Kal-El, I'm going to have hmm. to get part two in Nightwing. And so I know I'm going to be a couple episodes or a couple issues into Nightwing anyway. So I might as well just keep going. Yeah, probably. I think issue 89 will probably be then your jumping in point, because that should be the first when they're kind of starting to get over that crossover so yeah i don't think you'll be disappointed i know we kind of like similar things in a lot of instances you'll you'll enjoy it i i loved the first i think i read the first two of tom taylor when he started his run what Uh like 70 something or whatnot um i picked those up and i read the first two or three and then for whatever reason it just sometimes i just don't subscribe to it if i don't throw it into my my list then it just uh, they come out so fast and you just miss them and next thing you know they're so far ahead yeah it happens yeah for sure it happens well i'm also going to talk about what i've been reading because i loved um i was reading some books this week and one of the ones that i picked up that i hadn't i I just picked up the third one but i had the first two already here and i didn't jump into it yet but i was super excited about which is uh donny kate's doing the hulk and the first, I read the first two, and I really, really enjoyed those a lot. Um, I read a lot of Immortal Hulk. I know you read that whole run, and that was like a horror kind of take. And I really didn't know wh- where Donny Cates was going to go with the Hulk following Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. 
but just the general idea of that book with him painting Bruce Banner as kind of almost the villain and mm-hmm. Hulk as the hero. And just this idea that Bruce Banner turned the Hulk into a spaceship and he pilots mm-hmm. him from inside his mind is insane. And I yeah. love it. And it just was such, it's such a fresh idea for the Hulk to do, especially following Immortal Hulk, which was so different in its own right. And then seeing what, where they're going with it from that, it just, that was so unexpected to me. And I read those first two and I was like, this is awesome. And I love when I finish a comic and it's just, you can't stop thinking about it. And it's just a good, you're just excited for the next one. Sometimes you get books and you get them and they, those are the ones that sit and you're like three or four behind. Cause you're like, I really enjoy this, but I'm not just like, I need to read it. I'm to the point where I like, I need to read these. And I really just mm-hmm. enjoyed, I mean, I like Donnie Cates. I have, you know, reading crossover right now, which is also him. And we've talked similar about, you know, uh, God's country, which is going to be adapted and a lot of stuff that we've read from him uh, together and separately. So, I mean, I really like his style that he does. He has a kind of a grounded style. So it's kind of like, having a mortal Hulk be horror. And then this one almost being a sci-fi and where we're going to start jumping to dimensions and doing other things. It's just, I'm really excited to where this thing is going. And then just to see Hulk just do some crazy shit. And you know, some of those like fights and stuff of him just ripping people apart in the little room that he's in was just awesome. I was watch. I was just reading this comic, just like making noises out loud. I was like, Oh, (laughs) it just Mm. felt like a kid reading this comic. So it just was a great, great reintroduction and to pick up with the hulk which i always enjoy that character yeah man hulk hulk comics haven't been regular normal superhero books for years now with that whole run of immortal and even before that there was an indestructible hulk which was doing stuff hulk's not just a guy who's going to stop bank robbers anymore in comic books and that's you know issue of the week fighting you know abomination for one issue then fighting whoever else for one issue and uh yeah, so so Donny Kate's kind of getting a little wild with it. I've read those two issues too. I thought they were pretty weird, uh, but I'm a fan of his for the most part. So I'm sticking with it. That's a cool uh, pick there. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris, and I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak. <laughs> <laughs>